0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 109, and boy, do we have CCL fever tonight. We got plenty and plenty to talk about today as we're going to be previewing the big game between Coal America and Atlanta United. So it's going to be a full episode dedicated to this game and this game alone. Now, before I jump ahead and talk about anything else that's going to be discussed on today's show, let me introduce, as always, my co-host, live from New York, Christian Rosendo. Christian, how are we?
1: I'm doing well Ivan how are you today Good. you know
0: what funny enough last week you had rain with you um, and I think the the rain went west because now it's been it's over here it's in my backyard and it's it's, it's completely pouring
1: yeah, it's pretty sunny over here so actually. So, completely switched the uh, completely
0: switched weathers over here, but uh yeah. And uh today we have uh two special guests from one podcast over in Atlanta. It is the gentlemen from the Home Before Dark, Tim and Kevin. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having us. I don't know if it's special guests, but we'll
3: take <laughs> we'll just take guests. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Don't set
3: the bar yeah. too high. we have already <laughs> ruined this entire thing. No,
0: I... I, I Kevin's got I anxiety. I special so. is is adequate because we don't get much MLS uh, MLS over here on our side of things. You know, obviously, to all, everything being legal, Mackey's, but... Uh, no, it's it's fun and and funny fun fact for those of you who don't know this, uh, it's not the first time that these two podcasts collaborate. Um, last uh, last season in the Campeones Cup, we met uh, and and we did a special edition podcast in which uh, we it was off camera, it, it was all pre-recorded, and uh, you know we we got the chance to talk then, and uh, we're excited to do the same now.
2: That's the only reason why we we agreed to do it a second time is because the result was favorable afterwards, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Well, no, think about it now. Maybe, uh, maybe we set ourselves up for failure in this one.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was a, that was a heck of a game though, because the crazy thing too, is one of the most interesting experiences that I I don't want to speak for Kevin, but that I definitely have had at Mercedes Benz stadium, because we have, you know, after this past weekend against Cincinnati, we have the top 10 attendance records in MLS. And then to come into a big game for a trophy and to see, the mustard and ketchup split yeah. in that stadium. <laughs> it was it was 50-50, it, Club America and, and Atlanta United Aside
2: fans. from MLS Cup and a couple other standout games, that Campione's Cup last year was one of those standouts. It was wild. For sure. I mean, just the crowd experience in general was just so different than any other Atlanta United match that we had been a part of because the fan base was so split and you could feel the excitement around the stadium back and forth and it just like i feel like everybody was riling up the other fan base because everyone was so invested in it it wasn't just a one-sided affair it was it was really great and the game was great too so no,
0: yeah it was i mean five goals in in the match that uh you know we promised to be exciting and it definitely did i mean you saw red cards um late drama everything was kind of you know put out in, in on that pitch and uh hopefully we uh we get to see some of the same uh you know same results over here but hopefully in uh on a different side of uh of the spectrum so uh we'll it will be interesting to see how things go but no you guys are right you know how the how fate ha- has dealt its hand so that these two teams see each other again in uh in a competition that is uh you know fairly new to your your guys' club correct
3: yeah this will be our second year in in ccl uh i think from the first I'm trying to think it was a weird, there was a weird qualifying cycle that happened whenever we first came into MLS that really kind of threw things for a loop. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's the fact that we only get four weeks of preseason or whatever it is to warm up for uh CCO while you guys are mid season or not mid season, but um, I mean, you guys were probably six, seven weeks into the season, yeah. right? Whenever camp yeah. or whenever the CCL started and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been hard hard to adjust to, but at the same time like just setting our expectations for it.
2: Yeah. We haven't done too poorly though. No. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's tough to gauge like what to expect really because it is just Atlanta United's second year and let's be honest, MLS teams haven't had a whole lot of success in CCL in general. So, I think we're all really trying to feel out not just what the expectations are for Atlanta United going into CCL play but also, you know, how does MLS sort of raise the bar and their caliber of play? And so far aside from uh Montreal who doesn't seem to be in a favorable position right now, at least last week checked they were down 2-1, but um you know, going into the quarterfinals, I think MLS had what three or four teams Four. St- four, four, teams, uh, four still out of
3: there. five. Seattle was the only, f- only of the five that got knocked yeah, out. Yeah,
2: which, which is a, a positive trend. You know, how many of those make it through the quarterfinal rounds is, is yet to be seen. But um, you know, it seems to be a, a, a on the right path for MLS uh, as a league going into that competition. It's so. interesting
0: That you guys bring up that point because I was going to bring it up. It's it's this game is de- definitely t- entitled as not just Club America versus Atlanta, but it's definitely seen as Liga MX versus MLS yet again. Um, eh, Christian, eh, we saw this a little bit with uh, some of our friends over at the uh, at the Lions Den podcast, where it was Leon versus LAFC. Now the tables turned and now the attention is on uh, on America for this match against Atlanta United. Do you really see this game being being just that, Liga MX versus MLS, or do you think there's more to this?
1: Um I think there's a little bit more to this. Um I think this is the most attractive matchup out of um out of the the ones that are remaining. And I think Atlanta United is really starting to cement themselves as, you know, one of the the more well-known, one of the more well-respected, one of the bigger clubs in MLS. So uh, I guess it kind of matches up with our attitude and being kind of like the biggest one in Mexico and quote-unquote from Miguel Herrera earlier, the biggest one in the continent. So um, it definitely has an extra spice to it. And on a personal level, it does because like you guys, we were all talking before, I have a little soft spot for Atlanta United. So it, it, it pains to be a good match
2: and it's also got some history to it you know we talked about Campione's cup just a year ago it's it's pretty fresh in everyone's memory that this matchup has happened once before so i think there's a little bit of that factored into this game too so
3: and it was pretty chippy and competitive for a quote unquote glorified friendly Absolutely as we correct. kept hearing it referred to as <laughs> mm-hmm. last <Yeah>. year it <laughs> was it, it got pretty rough it was awesome it was it was great to seek because I think they are the two, you know, heavyweights in terms of the two, uh, the two leagues right now, and mm-hmm. uh, just seeing that it's it's just it's a fun time to be watching. Absolutely. MLS and and of MX. No,
0: yeah, definitely. And and you you gentlemen mentioned that you know it's it's a game that has recent history. Could these next two games maybe spark something of an intense rivalry for the upcoming future? That would be very interesting to see as well. You know,
3: yeah, because I don't I don't see in the foreseeable future, I don't see either of these teams not qualifying. And it seems like we just have (laughs) this penchant to be playing each other. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the odds of us playing in Campionis cup are probably, you know, not, not terribly low. I think we have a pretty good chance of the, the two teams playing in Campionis cup, you know, over the next few years. And then also in CCL it's, I mean, the, the tournament for CCL is not very big. And the, 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 the fact that they're what, um, five of both, Five from both leagues were in the in the round of sixteen. So, it I don't know. Yeah. I, what? Do you, how do you guys? I want to ask you guys. How do you guys feel about uh, Liga Mecki's performance in in the round of sixteen? I to me, from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like the teams kind of walked and sleptwalked through the first for the through the, the through the round of sixteen, thinking that they just had the easiest time. I mean, especially Club America playing against Comunicaciones, Like, was that? <laughs> That was supposed to be a yeah, cakewalk it was. for for America, and <laughs> it
0: was yeah, supposed and,
3: to be. and yeah, and the fact that comunicaciones came in 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 LS Tech a, a nil nil draw, right, in, into penalties. That's that's I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? How are you guys feeling about that going into in the? You know, Wednesday? it's
0: interesting because I was gonna I was gonna talk about that because. It, it, it definitely plays a big factor into into this game because, like you mentioned, communication was supposed to be a walk in the park. It was supposed to be America was supposed to go down to Guatemala, get a result, score a couple goals, come back, score a couple more goals at the Azteca, not really needing to use any of your starting 11s for that second leg like, match. Um, but it's completely different what happened, and I think Christian will elaborate a little bit more on it. But it uh, it it definitely was a bit of an embarrassment for I think the club and for the fans as well to see such a giant team. Uh, perform at such a at such a low bar.
1: Yeah. Um. Just to, to piggyback on that. Um. In, just in terms of the overall league, I, I think the Liga MX teams kind of you know underestimated their their opponents. Um. I guess the biggest the biggest one would kind of be us being quote unquote the biggest team. Uh. In Mexico and then you know putting up a, a performance like that. No disrespect, obviously, to the Guatemalan side, but you know it was supposed to be you know a three nothing you know win over there and then maybe a four nothing win here. Um, but you know, like you said, um, you know, one one draw at the Azteca and then pushing it to penalties—it's it's not—it's uh, not, it's not very, very like us to do that. But you know, I guess you kind of have to give credit where credit is due to the to the Guatemalan side, and they—they they put up a performance. But honestly, we should have played a lot better.
0: No, yeah, Christian, I think puts it perfectly. And uh, as far as the other teams, I think Christian said it. Yeah, we, I think the other teams uh, underestimated their opponents, and it was a, a very subpar performance from every Liga MX team. I mean, the only one that I think escapes out of that uh, judgment is definitely Cruz Azul, who uh, who, who took mm-hmm. care of what they needed to take care of, and that was just that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what uh, what what Tigres, América, and Cruz Azul now do against uh, against their opponents this this week.
2: I still think that the end of that T-race game was one of my favorite <laughs> oh, endings. So it far. was wild. <laughs> it was wild.
3: Yeah. Just the fact that he went unmarked in the box it was know, just baffling. Amazing, yeah. amazing.
2: It's like, oh, that could work. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that strategy actually can work.
3: <laughs> you see it occasionally. Yeah, exactly. I think Tim Howard did it uh, in England a few years back too. It's it's fu- it's fun to see them or Brad Friedel maybe. He one of those American goalkeepers, yeah. but yeah, it's crazy to see. That's it's yeah, it was it was a fun first round. I mean, even Cruz Azul had a hard time at Portmore they whenever did. they were playing in Jamaica. Like yes. it was they needed 8 minutes of stoppage time to get that yeah. winner, right? I Man, mean, it was right- two goals in that 8 yeah. minutes too, yeah. yes. Yeah, but yeah, Tigres, I mean, Leon completely sat and uh just folded yeah. up yeah. against in, in LA and um yeah, it's I think those teams are probably I think they're going to wake up. That I think that we're going to see that in the, the, the quarterfinals. And so. now
0: let me reverse the question to you. Uh, how do you guys think the MLS teams did, and how did, well do you guys think they're going to fare off in, in, in this round?
3: I think it was... I wasn't necessarily surprised that Atlanta United went the way that they did against Motagua, but to watch Seattle lose to Olympia was a little disheartening. Um I mean, if we're cheering as a, yeah, as a yeah. league going into these tournaments, especially
2: cause that was supposedly the best in MLS, right? I mean, right, against the off second
3: of a, best in Honduras right. and it's, you would think, granted, we've talked about it. They, I think they kind of got, um, I don't know. The, the, the referees should have done their job in the first match with Olympia and that's that match should have ended two 0 at least. But, um, Montreal was surprising coming out of the first round, um, LAFC looked very scary in the second round. We see the, they're kind of flashing the pan or the streaky team. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but they look scary at times. And then they look scared at times, like yeah. the them giving the goals they gave up against Philly this past weekend, but being able to bounce back. They're a team that's definitely capable, I think of making a deep run, but, um, and then NYCFC, um, they look good too.
2: I, I but then they look so terrible in league play. Yeah. Like that's the thing they're at the bottom of the table right now in MLS and they're kind of taking the Toronto approach it seems like where they're just all in on CCL and and getting some results so we'll see.
0: In very, very interesting. Well, let's jump right into the game that Christian said. Everyone's going to be talking about and everyone's already uh, anxious to watch, and that is Club America versus Atlanta United. So, America have home field advantage for the first leg. That game is going to be live tomorrow at uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. Uh, you guys can watch that over on uh, Tudene. And for English, I believe it's going to be Fox Sports, correct?
3: Yes. Yes. Man, how do you guys deal with the especially
1: Christian, like how do you deal with the late kickoff times? It's yeah. Listen, I think I'm probably in the, mi- in the minority when they say that I love the late kickoff times. <laughs> I love the, I love the nine o'clock. I love the 10 o'clock kickoff times. I don't know. I don't know what it, what it, what, the, what about it? You know, just like gets me a little bit more, uh more excited for the match but um you know I really don't mind the ten thirty kick-off, night- well, like, kickoff it's
2: not ten thirty kickoff it's ten thirty start time which means they won't start until eleven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just... That's true. My God. my couch is too comfortable to be on that late at night. <laughs> yeah. because, especially on a work night. I am gonna, yeah. gonna wake up at two AM not having brushed my teeth and I'm yeah. scrambling to get <laughs> to work. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: yeah it's 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 a late game. Um uh, but it should definitely paint to be an interesting one. Um Christian how vital is it to America to have had home field advantage for this game? Seeing how things have been, Given a quick recap of America's uh, past couple of games, you saw them struggle to get a result away at Pumas after ha- you know having the result in their hands. And then you take it a step back a week further, and it was the Comunicaciones matches that you know had to go to penalties. And, of course, the poor and terrible result that was the game against Necaxa at home, where you ended up down two men and then conceding three goals. Yeah,
1: um this is this game has to be a must win. Not even a draw, I think, is, is enough for us, uh, heading into uh, Atlanta next week. Um America needs to find a rhythm, find a, a playstyle and need to find a fast. While LA United does come in a little bit on the, you know, with, with with a little bit of injuries, um, you know, I think this is where America needs to kinda capitalize on that and, you know, really get a good scoreline because um just to go off topic a little bit you know we will not have um cordova or jorge sanchez for the next leg so those are two players that can kind of make a difference and you know not having them in the return like could could Cause about trouble for us, so a uh, good result they needed to. If it wasn't tomorrow. bad
0: enough for all the players that we're already missing, now they're gonna take two more for this pre-Olympic. Uh, <laughs> this uh, pre-Olympic roster, uh, gentlemen. I, I want to ask you guys: oh, how how does Atlanta view America right now? Do uh, You guys know that that we're in poor form. Do you guys have you guys noticed that we've had a pretty bad week, or is is this news to you guys?
2: It's news to me. I mean, obviously, I, I'm not following uh, their season and, and their run of play, and just like with Campione's Cup last year, it was kind of like, all right, let's 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 see and talk to people and try to get a feel for it. Um, you know, all, the only thing I really knew was the, the key personnel that are going to be out tomorrow just because of Herrera's announcement of the lineup and, and knowing sort of the names and faces that wouldn't be there. But as far as their overall league play or, or where their standing is and, and how their run of form has been lately. Uh, unfortunately, I've not been as well versed. It's it's a welcome sight or or sound to hear because Atlanta United is definitely looking for anything it can get right now. It's not to say that they're in a poor run of form themselves, but just a lot of question marks, a lot of injuries right now that Atlanta's struggling with and going on the road in a hostile environment with a lot um, sort of riding on it. We'll take anything we can get.
3: Yeah, it seems like both teams are dealing with injuries right now, yeah. right? Um, right. Is that why? Is is that why we're not seeing Memo no, Ochoa? He's, he's, he's injuries. We'll, no? we'll talk
0: a little bit about that a little bit later because that's definitely a topic on today's show. Um, because we did mention if Ochoa should be the starting goalkeeper against you guys. Um, I think a lot of people said yes, um, but I guess Pio Herrera decided otherwise.
2: He didn't start in the last no, round, did he? This
0: competition was always no. meant to be for Oscar Jimenez. He was always he's always kind of favored to be the goalkeeper for this competition, just because um, they wanted to give him minutes. But I think uh, as as we progressed in the competition, we knew that the opponents would get you know much harder, and so we thought as you know as we progress, the lineup would change accordingly to the to to the opposition, and so we thought that Memo Chol would definitely play this game. Um, But it it will be interesting to see that Jimenez is starting. But depending on the result that America gets, you could see Ochoa play against you guys over in the States.
2: I got a question for you guys. Based on the the run of form that Club America has been in and obviously the the roster changes and everything else, do you guys put an asterisk on whatever result you get tomorrow if it is unfavorable?
0: I don't – I don't think so. I, I think we just, we, we take it as it is, you know, it's just, with all these injuries, with everything looming, we've, we've said it on this podcast time and time again, it it doesn't, it's not an excuse for us. It can't be an excuse for the way that this team is kind of carried. Um. So, you know, if America does not walk away with a result at home, then, you know, there's no silver lining anyway that you see it. Uh. You know, the referees could be terrible, but that's, at the end of the day, it's still not going to be uh, mentioned in the fact that America should have still walked away with a, a result at home against Atlanta United. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if America does not get this result. And a lot of people, believe me, a lot of people, you can even read it in our chat right now, a lot of people are not that confident in tomorrow's match.
2: Oh, no, I know. Louis 400, he's a, he's a big Home Before Dark fan now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> big, uh...
3: Big fan, big fan of that guy. Yeah, you guys, you guys definitely have our spirits up. Just this is this is what <laughs> I don't like. This is, this is like we're riding high now. It's like, OK, they're not confident. And then it's just tomorrow. Just it's just going to crash it. Uh, but who should we be looking? Who should we be looking out for tomorrow in, in terms of danger, man? Because right now, our back line is dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, we had Frank Escobar go out with a muscle injury. And then Lawrence White comes in, brand new signing for well, I guess new signing. He's part of our uh, our youth setup. He comes in, our our twos. He comes in, gets a concussion. He's out. Now we're dealing with kind of musical chairs back there. I mean, who should we be looking out for in terms of danger men uh, for our backline? Whether we deploy a three back or or four That'd back. Be
0: interesting. It's a very good question, but uh, I think it works perfect into Christian. Why don't you just name the starting eleven, and then we'll kind of go off of that because we already know who 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 were fielding out already.
1: Okay, so tomorrow at the Azteca, we will go with Oscar Jimenez. Uh, Our back line would be Jorge Sanchez, Emmanuel Aguilera, Bruno Valdez, Luis Fuentes. In the midfield, you're going to have Richard Sanchez and Santiago Cáceres. On the wings, you're going to have Andres Ibargüen and Leo Suárez. And up top, you will have Giovanni Dos Santos and Henry Martin.
0: Now that we've kind of named the uh, starting 11, I think... The one player that maybe you guys would recognize and and probably would maybe feel a little bit is maybe Giovanni dos Santos because if he can get his game on the night, then he's definitely going to be the main uh, the main threat for for América going forward. He's the one that's going to create a lot and uh, and and if he can get a rhythm going, he's going to be he's going to be the one pulling the strings for us. Uh, aside from that, I, I think you look at someone uh, like Leo Suárez who's coming off I, I guess a pretty <laughs> excuse me a pretty decent game against Pumas, in which he scored a great goal. And he looked pretty all right. He looks like he's acclimating to the team much better. He's getting used to the environment. He's gaining confidence. Yeah, he's gaining a little bit more confidence. So he's definitely a player that you guys maybe want to look out for. Um, I'm not going to say he's uh, – because I don't really want to compare the two players. But I guess he can, in theory, be our, our Ezekiel es- 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 Barco, in a sense. He's he's more of our, our creative player. He's more quick. He's, he, he can be dynamic, and he, he's definitely a threat down the wings. So I, I mean, those two players definitely uh, are 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 two players that you guys should look out for.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what Atlanta does. So to Tim's point, we've we've obviously been struggling with uh, a defensive lack of depth, and and you mentioned Barco in our lineup, and that's that's the other question mark. Is that obviously the big injury for Atlanta is the absence of Joseph Martinez? He's he went down with a torn ACL last week and, and this past weekend um, against Cincinnati was the first game that we saw Atlanta play without him. It ends up kind of going the same way as our previous week's matchup against Nashville, where we have the same two players scoring goals and you see Parko consistently finding space and, and, and creating opportunities along with pity Martinez who had a Less than stellar year last year, and and maybe didn't perform to the expectations that you hoped he would, but uh, seems to be coming into his own. What what I think Frank DeBoer really needs to roll out tomorrow, considering the circumstances, is do we see Jeff Lorenowitz get the start? Considering yes, what happened, (laughs) considering considering that winner that he had against uh,
3: Club America, the Championnat's Cup. Um, yeah, it's it's musical chairs, and and it's kind of um. Kind of a crapshoot for us in terms of what formation that we see go out there too.
0: It's interesting, um, because I, I, I remember last time we talked to him, uh, we had just told you too that uh, Piojo had just had given the lineup that day where that we recorded as well. Um, and you thought, well, does he does does he do this on purpose? Is 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 there a reason why he he announces the starting eleven? Uh, and our answers to this day is still the same. Um, we have no idea why he gives away his starting 11. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we really don't, but I guess he, he's just, I, I don't know if it's confidence. I just, I honestly don't know what it can be, but, uh, that, uh, I hope he never he, changes. He never will. Yeah. He's easy. <laughs> he is. Yeah, a gem. No, yeah, he I've is.
2: He, he is an absolute gem. Still one of my favorite gifts is that one of him. From Going World super Cop, Saiyan, Cop, <laughs> lighten up on the side of the field. Yeah.
0: Um, but now it's interesting because, okay, you guys know how we're going now. You guys know how we're lining up. And from the sounds of what you're telling me, there's a lot of question marks in your guys' starting 11 for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least a few, right? I mean, defensively, I think we know who next man up is. And you expect to see Campbell in that lineup because he got the, the playtime. Uh, but
3: an 18-year-old, 18-year-old going down to Teca right? and – and that's, playing against Club America. Like, that's, it's dangerous.
2: Yeah. It's less a question about who the personnel is going to be and more a question about how are they going to stand up and how are they going to perform in the circumstance that you've put them in. Uh-huh. We do
3: have question marks in terms of, you know, the aforementioned Joseph Martinez being out. We have a big target man, Adam John, who played on Saturday, played pretty well considering the circumstances coming in and acclimating to the team. But then we have Mateus Osetu who is coming in and may be an option to play a false nine in in that lineup and to sit adam john and to have more of a dynamic attack but i I think the main thing is whether or not we see a four in the back or three in the back i think at this point we have to see three in the back just based on injuries and that sort of thing Mm but i don't know it's yes it's to me anyway i i'm not sure exactly what to expect i think probably eight of the players you can probably name but yeah it's it's those three that kind of have your head kind of my scratch scratching my head.
2: Yeah. And again, I, th- I think the question marks also were just, you know, what the the parts and pieces are going to be and, and you have some expectations about how you expect them to line up and really play together. But, um, you know, for all the favorable results that Atlanta United's had so far, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll contrast uh, a comment that you guys had in the live chat about uh Footboys TV talking about Atlanta United struggling against Motagua. I think maybe in the first game that game seemed pretty chippy, but I, I think you'd be um maybe a little bit wrong to think that Atlanta United was in doubt at all in that second leg. I mean, they they really ran over Matagua and did not have that game in doubt and were able to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted in that game. And then going into league play, you're not really playing against the best in MLS in Nashville and Cincinnati. And while you got favorable results in both of those games, it isn't against the best in the league. And even though they're good results and you're definitely seeing sparks of things, On the road in with the elevation in Eliza Azateca, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough match and and I don't know how they stack up against that opponent and like that's why I said earlier, we'll take any good news we can get, whether it's the run of form or the roster that you (laughs) guys are putting (laughs) out tomorrow because we need it right now.
1: Yeah. There you go. I just had a quick question for you guys. Um you guys mentioned the 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 back three. Is that something that uh, Elena, you know, recently used to, because I know in the in, in the Frank DeBoer era, you know, they, you guys kind of strayed away from the back three, correct? Because, you know, you guys lean more to a back four. Back in the Tata Martino era, a back three was more common. So, are you guys now used to the back three in more recent form, or, you know, you guys are strictly with the back four?
3: I don't, yeah, if, if you want to call it, we call it, I guess we can call it three in the back, because we do, we essentially have five, though, right? I yeah. Because we, we, we really? deployed okay. some wing backs, but, yeah, we've Definitely in in both preseason and in the first two games of the season, we've seen him deploy three center backs and then putting two two really fast wing backs mm-hmm. uh, opposite them. And I think it's worked out with this lineup. Um, and i i would be I'd be hard pressed to think that that won't be our main formation yeah. for for the course of the year if if things continue the way that they're going.
2: Again, both going to the three back is relying on a couple of things. The first and foremost is having a a solid center back formation and and luckily that's one of the things that atlanta united's got going for them right now is even though miles robinson's gone out uh due to injury um both with the return of anton walks and the new signing of meza back there those two in that back line have been you know, good to go in everything that you've thrown against them so far. Uh, Mulraney has been a great addition. Brooks Lennon, I mean, every bit of pace and speed on the right side of the field that Franco Escobar provides and is able to get up and down laterally on that side of the field. Again, it's just, it's wondering where that, that other position comes in, how Campbell fares based on what you're kind of putting on his shoulders and what those expectations are for him. Or is it the the youth in, in George Bellow? Does he come back from injury? We, we saw him play, last year in ccl and, and he's been struggling with injuries a, a young guy but has a lot of promise on the left side of the uh, left side of that back line so it'll be interesting to see what happens um but the three back again with the speed and the talent that you've got in mulraney and, and brooks lennon and, and how your midfield drops back with eric Rametti or whoever else is dropping back to cover um that's that's what i think we would expect to see right now
0: interesting very very interesting. Now Christian, now that we kind of get a sense of how Atlanta might set up, it's interesting to think how is America going to come out and play this game? Pio Herrera said himself in the press conference today, they're going out to take the game to Atlanta. They're going to go out and get a win. That's ultimately what what Pio Herrera said that they they're going for and going to do. But how does America achieve that if we already know that our formation is going to be this 4 two 3-1? Uh, how do you think America goes into this game and and with the tools that they're going to be presented, uh, can pull off said result?
1: Right. Um. I think I think the wingers are going to be very important in this match. I think that Suarez and Andresi Bargen are, are going to have their work cut out for. If they can be, you know, those creative players that you know we know they can be, I think they can cause a lot of trouble for for uh, for this uh, broken backline, if you will, of, of Atlanta United. So. Uh, I I think it's gonna be very essential for for Cassides and Richard Sanchez to kind of you know filter the ball to them and then from then they go on and create you know the most effective um, offense opportunities and then to to score. Interesting.
0: And then also, no Vinas for this game, and uh, I think I think no that's Vinas, kind of the good. the main question is: Will he be on the bench? Is he alright? Did he pick up a knock? Because you need goals in this game, and the man just keeps producing them
1: uh he is on the bench um he's not starting obviously um I, I don't think there's anything wrong with him i think that you know i think Era just wants to give him a, a little bit of a break but if needed he will definitely come on though 100 percent.
0: interesting now gentlemen I, I was listening a bit to your podcast before you guys came on and um someone mentioned cordova and viñas and those are those aren't really two names that you guys have really heard much about um it, it, is it a bit kind of peculiar to be like okay who are these who's these guys that that, that they're talking about
2: for me that's every name that you guys have said all show <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just going to be completely honest here.
2: <laughs> aside as, aside from santos and, and ochoa i mean there's really my my knowledge uh of club america in general is is very limited and it, it definitely comes parcelled out in a Couple of days or hours in this case before we end up playing <laughs> you guys. So,
3: yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> but is it
2: just... I guess it's probably like us
1: talking about Fernando Meza, or you know, Actually, Anto- we we know we know about Meza though because he played on the yes. Caxa, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay.
2: He is. Well, maybe he... maybe then Brooks Lennon or or Jake Mulroney. Maybe those are better. <laughs> yeah, those are two that I have No idea about, yeah, You're <laughs> correct about that. You know, everybody <laughs> knows about the the Barco pity yeah, Joseph Pitty, yeah. Martinez, but again, it's those other players that yeah. Y- y-
3: One name that I was expecting to see, maybe just because I haven't been following Club America, but uh, Roger Martinez. Yes, so he will be bench. on the
0: bench. He's he recently just got the green light to play again for us. Um, there was a whole scandal uh, that he wanted to leave the team, and because he wanted to leave the team, and his agent was forcing to be uh, to leave the team um our owner said okay then uh you can leave the team if you want but you're not playing if you if you don't get your transfer done then i'm sorry but you're not going to see any minutes whatsoever um and i guess the only the only way he could come back to the team uh was one of course he had to apologize and two if the team was in dire need of players. And seeing as how we are dropping like flies left, right, and center, <laughs> um, this is one of those emergencies in which he was recalled and called back. Um, but, I mean, Roger Martinez is probably still in preseason mode because he, he does not look like he's ready to go the full 90. Yes. Because he was a starter last yes, year, was, right? he was. He had, he had quite the impressive game Okay, you guys.
3: Um, yeah, he absolutely did. That's why I was expecting to see that name on there, but I didn't know about the about him being sat yeah. and all that. So mm-hmm.
0: we 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 have quite the quite the roundabouts going on over there in Mexico right now for within this team. But uh, aside from everything that's happening off the pitch, I think on the pitch, uh, you know, we're presenting the best possible eleven. I think maybe the only thing uh, you could add to that is probably Ochoa and Ned and and probably Venus up top with uh, with either Henry. Um, out on the bench or, or alongside him. So sh- should be interesting yeah. to see. Um, what is uh, what is the one way you guys think Atlanta United is going to come into this game? Do you guys think they're going to be a little bit more kind of, you know, sitting back, soaking up the pressure? Do you guys think they're going to take the game to America for the first opening minutes and then kind of see where they're, you know, fatiguing out around what minute because of the altitude? Because, of course, we do know that's going to play a big part uh, as, as, yeah. as these games always tend to do. Uh, I'm interested to hear how do you guys think Atlanta will approach this game in the pitch?
2: I'm probably wrong, as I am most of the time, but I don't think that Atlanta is built right now defensively to set back and weather the storm. I think that they have enough playmakers up top, regardless of what lineup gets brought out. Um, Whether... um, Hosetu's starting or Adam John or whoever up top, you, c- you can bet that Hindman, Barco, and Pitti are going to be starting, um, most likely Brooks Lennon and Jake Mulraney and Rometty. And so I think with the the firepower and the ability you have to possess and and distribute from the midfield to create opportunities, that would be what I expect to see. I don't think that we're going to see a whole lot of sitting back and, and trying to weather the storm and take pressure and just hunker down for for the away leg i think atlanta if they expect to get a result and and to get an away goal they have to get america on their back foot early and often and um you know i think that maybe some of the tactics that were employed this past week spoke to that where atlanta was playing a lot of long balls from the back line with wyke and and the if I was going into this match, that's what I would do. Uh, Tim, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I'm probably the same in in the same boat. I I don't think this team in our four years has ever been built to park the bus or to, to get a result that way. Mm -hmm. Um, especially playing three in the back with, with two wingbacks. I don't expect that to be some sort of defensive measure or some sort of park the bus situation. I, 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 I kind of like the call for the for the direct play. It depends, though, to me whether or not Adam John plays or if Hosetu's playing up front. Um, if you see those long balls being played from the back,
2: one say one thing I will say under Frank DeBoer's tutelage is that even in a defensive. A defensively structured back line that that wants to you know quote-unquote park the bus or weather the storm we've seen an Atlanta team over the past two years and this year specifically regardless of who's in that back line they're comfortable possessing the ball and distributing it on the defensive side of the ball without just clearing it out consistently so I could see some of that taking place maybe if America is not Coming as far forward uh, to try to draw them past that midfield line again. That's what we saw this past weekend. So I, I think there's a couple of different ways it could go. But again, I think somebody in the the live chat mentioned. I think it's going to be Pity's show this weekend or tomorrow night rather. Um, Pity and Barco show. Yeah,
3: that's one of Pity's best games last year was against America. Yeah,
1: yeah, that
3: is true. Yeah,
1: I do. I do remember that actually. <laughs>
0: things we'll never forget um yeah it's interesting to see how you guys come into this match and it's interesting to see how you guys will will kind of you know weather to our tactics because um, i think America, like we mentioned christian they need to go out and then they need to take the game to atlanta from opening kickoff um i think we'll see a bigger side that's definitely gonna press uh, straight from uh, you know from from every opportunity that they get, I think America's good. And America does have this tendency to bite very early, especially on the defensive side of things. I think you see that's why sometimes Bruno Valdez and Emmanuel Aguilera sometimes get ca- caught off their own line because uh, you know they they bite a little bit too early. So, you know, it's kind of like our good friend Brian mm-hmm. mentioned. It's uh, you know high risk, high rewards kind of situation. But then you get exposed at the back a lot because of that too, and that that worries me a lot because you have players like Barco, like Pity, players who are fast, players who are creative and players who in front of goal will put their chances away most likely. So, yeah. And you've
2: got another player in, in Adam John that you guys haven't faced or again another name that I'm sure you guys aren't really familiar with that's a big body inside the box that if... If he's if it's Barco and pity that are pulling defenders because of how they're able to maneuver with the ball at their feet, they get that out to the wing and you've got a big body inside that's able to get up and get ahead on the ball and has shown his ability to do so in USL play here in the States uh, consistently last year. So any way you cut it. It's kind of like you've got to hedge your bets
1: on which way you're going to try to attack Atlanta defensively. So. Now that's a scary comment. I'll say that for one reason, you know, this year America in and for whatever for whatever reason in set plays we are terrible at defending at set plays. So you know, you you mentioning you know a player like that and then creative players who can put in a pass, um, it 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 can get a little bit scary for us. I feel like, and I think America needs to needs to tighten up back back there, especially on set plays.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, not even in set plays, you know, you've got Brooks Lennon who is, is getting more and more comfortable. Like what, Julian Gressel provided to Atlanta United last year and in years mm-hmm. past where he's bombing on that right wing and whipping crosses in right and left. And you see Jake Mulraney getting more and more comfortable doing so from the left side as well. So it could be an aerial battle, which if that doesn't lend itself to results, you can take it to the ground with pity and Barco. So, again, it's just the, the, Atlanta's Atlanta is really structured offensively to take it in a number of different ways that I think there's less question marks about that lends itself favorably to Atlanta. To really run at America, and I think they've got to do so because I don't know that you have that same amount of versatility on the back line and in the midfield, per se. So mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Now, how long do you guys think Atlanta goes before the altitude plays a, a role?
2: 60th minute?
3: Yeah. Really? I feel like... You saw that with a lot. I feel like of the MLS teams in the round of 16, 60th minute hit, and then They're it was done. just they started tanking yeah. because the the conditioning isn't where it should be. And then even now, where we are right now, you mentioned going a you know a mile and a half above sea level, going to Mexico City, yeah. and and playing, yeah, playing a hard game like that in front of a a very volatile crowd and. I I think you're going to see those guys start to tire out a little bit.
2: And I think Frank kind of knew that going into this past weekend's match against Cincinnati. You know, he pulled pity out in the 70th minute. Some people thought it might've been a little early, but just that extra 20 minutes of not having to play and not having to, you know, really stretch and strain himself, knowing that he was going to be on the road on a short turnaround going down there this week, I think hopefully will help out some because you're going to really need him to have a big game and step up. So, but yeah, I think 60th minute, it's a safe bet. Um, you know what'll be interesting. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Who do you think's going to be challenged the most, or or what what role is going to be challenged the most based on that altitude?
3: Um, probably Eric Rometty. I, I think we've seen him do a ton of running and Barco. I mean, those are the two probably because Barco. Bar- who I'm more you've about. seen Barco go touchline to touchline both games this yes. uh, this season so far. He is extremely he's well conditioned right now more so than we've seen him in the past three years and his defensive work rate his has been tops but if he takes that same mentality into the game tomorrow especially late kick too is another thing that we didn't really talk about too much in terms of how it affects the team but going into a late kick elevation his work rate he's you're probably going to see him struggle I, I think Barco's probably the main the main guy to look out for in terms of how he manages his own workload throughout the game.
2: Barco, I think could be the, the player in position to watch, as the game wears on. And that's where you're going to have to rely on some substitutions that haven't gotten a lot of playtime, but show a lot of promise with Hosetu coming in this past weekend. And I think that could be the late game changer for Atlanta United um, as that altitude and the fatigue starts to set in. But yeah, I'd look for it to start setting in. Around that 60th minute mark, for sure.
3: And I feel like we're talking so positively about this team as to, to think we're going to go down into LS Tech and win this no, game. But no. we're, I, I think we're still in a, like a positive mindset I, yeah. about the season so far. But I, I think we're realists in the fact that I, it's a, it's a very hostile environment. Um, the elevation, just going and playing against a, a, a very high caliber team in, in Club America is, it's going to be a big challenge.
2: Yeah, I think on our show, I call. I mean, this we. It, Going into this match, I'm thinking a, a two-one America win. But um, I think Atlanta could squeak one in, but I don't know that they necessarily go down there and pull a draw or even a win for that matter.
0: Interesting, interesting. I'll get to that too because um, it, it's one of our favorite part of the sh- of, of the podcast It's prediction time. Uh, but Christian, one of the main reasons why I asked him about the altitude and how long they think the team can go is I think this game's going to be uh, one of those games in which. Pio just wants this team to play and run the full ninety minutes, right? I mean, we should yeah. have no excuse mm-hmm. as to why we can't go the full ninety, right? So now that's Correct. the question at 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 hand is do you play in a certain way in which you continuously move the ball around, you continuously have your uh the, the opposition the op- the opposing team run around, chase the ball and, and and tire them out a lot quicker in that way.
1: Of course. Yeah, of course, and that's why I look to players like Casadis and Richard just to kind of do most of that ball movement and you know kind of guide uh, our our offense in a way. You know, if we we can get these guys you know running on a on a consistent basis, you know, it's gonna tire them out, no doubt about it, and then could you know lead to you know a, a little bit of open spaces here and there, and then players like you know Giovanni Dos Santos, anybody can can are known to to take on those spaces and and create chances like that. So I think that's something that we really need to look at tomorrow and to see, you know, in the latest uh, stages of the game, if Atlanta United, you know, does get tired out and do more spaces, open up, and then turn off for more more chances.
0: Definitely going to be something to look out for. Well, they already talked about it, so might as well just jump into it. Prediction time here. Uh, we're going to throw it a, to, to our guests first because, um, you know, courtesy, as always. Um, what is your guys' prediction for tomorrow's match? Uh, do you guys see Atlanta walking? I know you guys mentioned not really a, a draw, but uh, what result do you guys think Atlanta United gets? And what is a favorable result going into the second leg?
2: A favorable result, I mean, is a draw. I mean, we saw that against Matagua to me. I mean, obviously, a favorable, the best result is a win, um, but... I think I'd be happy with a draw, I, I, but I think really, if I'm being realistic, I'm thinking a, a two, one America
3: and I'm thinking even getting an away goal at Azteca is a big thing for us. As long as the, the margin, if we lose is not that high, if it's a two, one, it's still a manageable game for us. We have the away goal going in. We have to win one, nothing. And, uh, at home. Um, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's tough for me seeing what Camuno did coming in. Um, yeah. Makes me think that we can we can squeak out a draw, whether it's scoreless or one-one. I I think that, um, I think that's the way it's going to end. I'd probably say a one-one goal or one-one draw. We haven't kept a clean sheet so far. This I guess we did against Matagua in the second leg, but that's the only clean sheet of the you know four games that we played so far.
0: Interesting, Christian. What are you going with?
1: I'm going 2-1 America tomorrow.
0: 2-1 America tomorrow. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-0 America win. That is extremely confident on my end. Um, That's too confident. <laughs> and uh, it's just because I don't want to say 1-0 and, and and have it be so boring and dull. But I, I do think that this team needs a clean sheet uh, moving forward. Um, they, they need a win, Christian, like you mentioned. And granted, a 2-0 win isn't uh, you know glamorous and, and it isn't like regarded as wow you had this such amazing game but it, it's something that the team can piggyback off because right after this we have a classical against Cruz Azul so it, it's it's not Correct. like we have you know you, you have this game and then you take a little bit of a breather no it's it's you have this game then you have to go up against the league leaders and then you have to go and travel away at Atlanta so the team needs something to 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 build off of and a 2-1 I think would be mm-hmm. would be exactly what this team needs to go and uh, and start getting the results that they need to get I think that's the most important part um, now, gentlemen, before we wrap up the show, um, I do want to ask you guys a very quick question. Now, this podcast sometimes can be very goalkeeper-orientated, as you guys saw when we talk about Ochoa and we talk about Jimenez. Um, my question to you guys is, how safe of hands do you guys think you are in, in Guzan?
2: Oh, I have no problem with Guzan at the back. <laughs> I have none at all.
3: Yeah, neither do I. I mean, he has... I wouldn't call them gaffes. I mean, the goal that he gave up against Cincinnati, I think at first sight, it looks like, you know, maybe it was his he should have made a play for it. But looking back at it over and over, it's like that was a tough like a tough goal um or a tough shot. i I'm fine with him. Uh, I, at this point, he's one of the best keepers in MLS. And I think at this point, um especially, when you take into consideration that, you know, we have three DPs already in the outfield. I mean, we can't spend that much more money on a, on a goalkeeper at this point. Um, I mean, I don't even know who's that much better than him in MLS. Andre Blake, maybe Sean Johnson up in NYC. Yeah. Um, Zach
2: Steffen, maybe
3: Zach Steffen's playing in Dusseldorf. That's right. I (laughs) forgot
2: he's gone now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
3: MLS isn't very, um, very stacked with good, great keepers, but, yeah, I'm uh, good with Kuzan. He still have a, he still has a few years left in him,
2: and he's a veteran, right? I mean, that, that's that's another thing. It's like it's not just a matter of, of his hands inside the goal, but what he does on that back line, and and you really need that for everything that we talked about with the lack of depth and the personnel changes that you're going to be experiencing on the back line. You want somebody that's going to really. Command those players, and especially those young guys, to make sure that they're stepping up and being in the positions that they need to be in, so that you you have a more favorable approach uh, if somebody happens to have a breakaway. So,
0: mm-hmm. and, and the reason why I ask is because obviously he's been in this in this environment before. He's faced off uh, against you know Mexico in the Azteca. so he's he has uh, you know kind of experience coming into this game. So, and, and I, I really wish Ochoa would have started this game because then you kind of have this uh, other rivalry because, you know, Mexican national team, U.S. men's national team, you know, two former, uh, you know, goalkeepers going at it. It, it, it just would have been a great narrative to kind of spin it off like that. But it, I, I do like to ask the question because, one, I, I am a goalkeeper myself. So you, whenever I do get the chance to talk about them, it, it is fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it's interesting because, um like, like you mentioned, I think you, you, you talk about MLS and goalkeepers and who is the best. I think Guzan is definitely, um, you know, in the top three in that conversation. So it should be interesting. Absolutely. should be interesting to see how they uh, they, they fare up against each other. But that does it. Uh, I think we gave you guys as much of an in-depth preview as we could from both sides here. Uh, again, a reminder that the game is tomorrow live at uh, 2 n. And uh, Fox Sports at seven thirty uh, p.m., nine thirty Pacific, uh, nine thirty Central, uh, ten thirty Eastern, and uh, you guys can catch it. Ugh. All those games, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it is a work week and a school night for those of you guys who still have school the next day um it that's if the coronavirus hasn't stopped uh, stopped your school from. i was just about <laughs> to say that For yeah
2: you doing. guys are so worried you guys are worried about us and the altitude what do you how worried are you guys about coming
0: that'll be interesting to talk about next week when when uh when we do preview that up it definitely does it is a conversation <laughs> to be had but um yeah you guys can follow all the live action Uh, alongside with us over on Twitter at US and over on Instagram at RezacAmerica underscore US. And, uh, gentlemen, where can they find you guys over on Twitter?
2: Uh, You can find us everywhere at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four.
0: And you guys can see it right there on your screens right now, the Home Before Dark podcast. Um, Go have a listen. Great, great guys. And if for whatever reason you're an Atlanta fan and you don't know about them and now you do, uh, then you're very much welcome. Uh, yeah, they better know, <laughs> 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 gentlemen. Again, we want to thank you guys for coming on to today's show. It was a great uh, experience. It was great chatting up with you guys about this game. Um, best of luck for you guys out on the pitch, and uh, we'll we'll definitely be seeing you guys again uh, next week when uh, when America does go up and have to go face you guys over in Atlanta, not at the Mercedes Benz Stadium. No, no Fifth Third Bank, the yeah. Fraction. Yeah, why
2: action at the Fraction? Yeah.
0: Is there a
1: reason why you guys uh, yeah, you can't play at the they,
3: Mercedes-Benz? So we're hosting Final Four, and they Ooh, need okay. at least a week to get the stadium turned over for it. Oh, I understand. And the reason we didn't do the first round is because of pre-existing contracts with Supercross and Monster Jam. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. what happens when you share your stadium. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Now, do you guys think that plays a factor into next week's match?
3: No, I think nah. we've played well at Kennesaw. Um, okay. I mean, we were the only, we were the first team to beat Monterey last year, right? Uh, up there.
2: I think the um, biggest I think the biggest factor playing there is that it is there's been a large amount of rain that's come through um, over the past few weeks in Atlanta and I think it's calling for rain all this week and if yeah. that continues in the next week pitch. Yeah. the pitch does not have enough time to dry out and mm-hmm. you know that could that could maybe play some factor, but as far as the location and the turnout, I don't think that'll be any issue whatsoever from this fan base or the
0: team. Oh,
1: 100%, yeah, no, hundred percent.
0: Definitely an interesting topic to talk about next week. Definitely an interesting topic. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on, Christian. As always, thank you for uh, for coming on as always.
1: Very time of the week. Oh, yes, very much so. Thanks, fellas. Yeah.
0: Thank you, no, guys. Thank you, guys. And to everyone, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk all things America. And uh, stay tuned for those of you guys listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, and or Spotify. We will have a special edition of the podcast where we talk about the Pumas game, where we talk about the upcoming Clásico Joven uh, against Cruz Azul. So we'll have you guys all wrapped up, ready to go for those games as well. Um, we won't leave you guys hanging with that. And then, of course, next week we'll come back and talk everything CCL again. Um, again, you guys have a wonderful night. We'll see you guys very 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 soon until next time take care and as always arriba america good night